Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more info about Freedom Church, visit hellofreedomchurch.com. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? Well, my name is Jared. I'm one of the pastors here at Freedom Church. So I want to welcome you. I want to welcome those in Crookston with Marissa and the gang there. So glad you guys could join us. Well, this is the day that the Lord has made. And you know that the Lord knows the plans he has for your life. The Lord knows the plans that he has for your life. And there are plans to prosper you and to not to harm you, to give you hope and the future. And the question this morning is, do you know the plans that God has for your life? Better question, would you believe the plans God has for your life if he told you? If he told you what was on his mind for your life, would you believe it? Or would you say, get behind me, Satan? (laughs) That's not the Lord. Well, when the Lord first spoke those words, here's quick sword drill. Who knows where that reference is? Shout it out. Jeremiah 29, 11. Do you know what was going on with God's people during Jeremiah 29, 11? Do you know that God's people were actually being overtaken by the Babylonians and exiled from their land? It's a pretty tough place to believe God's plans for their life. But you know, if God plans it, if he wills it, then it's possible. Even more than possible, probable for those who would take him at his word. And so this morning, we're going to dive into uh, our sermon series called Storyteller, going through the parables of Jesus. But before we get into the actual parable, I want to put some concepts before you. And those are the concepts of going and leaving. Two different sides of the same coin. Going and leaving. The same action of relocating actually has two different phases, a going and a leaving. You think of going as the, the preparations that need to take place for arriving at your destination or wherever you're going. But the concept of leaving is making the preparations to leave where you are currently at. And so you cannot go without leaving. You didn't need to come to church this morning to, to know that. <laughs> That's pretty basic. But often in our Christian life, we do a good job of going but not leaving. An example of that is all of us who have purchased exercise equipment but don't use it. Okay. Purchasing exercise equipment is having an image in your mind of the person that you want to be, the person you know you can be, but the reason you don't use it is because you haven't left the current habits. So you don't need to buy more dumbbells or buy another Bowflex. You need to sell a TV. <laughs> you need to sell a couch. That's the difference between going, adequately going, crafting in your mind who you can be, who you want to be, and even making the arrangements to having it right there, but without leaving. And that is really the, the fork in the road that keeps us from the plans we make for our lives, and for sure the plans that God has for our life. And so if you have access to the Word of God this morning, I want you to grab it or turn it on 
and turn to the Gospel of Matthew, first book in the New Testament. And I was going to bring one up here, but we have some great Bibles on the back table. It's like a big, large print NLT that you can just have for yourself. Take home. It's our gift to you. If you don't have a Bible or access to the Word of God, that is our gift to you. There's other Bibles there and resources. Just take it home and, and read it. That'll be the biggest blessing for your life. Matthew 13, verse 44. And I want to preface by saying this is actually a parable we already did in this sermon series. Pastor Nathan did this maybe a month and a half ago. And over the course of the week, I just kept feeling drawn to it. And so Pastor Nathan and I talked about it. And I said, you already did it. I think you did a great job. Nothing I wanted to really add to it. I just keep feeling drawn to this. And so we talked about it. And he said, well, then go for it. So I really encourage you to check out uh, what Pastor Nathan had to say on it. It was a great sermon, a really good message, like I said, about six, six weeks ago or so. But maybe the Lord just has a fresh application for your life this morning as we jump into it. So the very, very short parable of Matthew 13, verse 44. It's only one verse. It says this. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So there's really three different movements in this parable. Him finding the treasure, him selling what he currently possessed, and him buying the field which contained the treasure. So him finding the treasure, him selling what he had, and then him actually buying the field that the treasure was in. But before we get into talking about those different movements in the parable, it opens with the kingdom of heaven is like. And so what is the kingdom of heaven? What's the kingdom of God? Because that is the treasure in the parable. Him finding the treasure, the hidden treasure, is comparable to us finding or discovering the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Those are synonyms. Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. So what is it? What is to find that? Well, the, the easiest way I've come up to think of that is the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God simply refers to the way God wants things. Just the way God wants things. You could say the plans that he has for your life. Or for humanity. Another way of saying it is God's perfect will manifested. God's perfect will. Kingdom of heaven is simply the way God wants things. And so you can see different references in the New Testament, especially of Jesus being the person, the representative of God. And whenever he did anything, he said, that is the perfect representation of the kingdom of God. He said, the kingdom of God has come upon you when he would heal people. The kingdom of God has come near to you, or salvation has come near to you when Lazarus sold, half, not Lazarus, Zacchaeus, excuse me, sold all, half of his stuff to give to the poor. Jesus is the perfect kingdom of God bringer. What Jesus did, what Jesus says, perfectly represented the way God wants things. And so if you think God's perfect will for your life, that is not impeded by sin, not impeded by fear, not impeded by your own inability or weakness, but perfect faith, 
perfect execution of God's will for your life. The Bible says if you get a picture of that in your mind, if you discover, if you see that, that energizes you. Say, man, that's who God is. And that's what he wants from my life. God is a good God. He loves me, and that's where he wants to bring me. Here's a couple of verses on the kingdom of, of God said in other ways. 1 Corinthians 4, 20 says, For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. Real, transformative power. And not just talk, not just plans, not just New Year's resolutions. Actual power. And when you get a glimpse of that, mainly through the word, that this is the life that God has for me, this is the freedom and the deliverance that God has for me, that comes with power. Not just things that you talk about or plan or chat about. When talking is put aside and you see the power, the transformative power that God has for your life, that is something I've never even seen before. That's the kingdom of God. The perfect will of God being accomplished in your life through the perfect power of God. It does not consist in talk, but in power. How about another one? Romans chapter 14, verse 17. So it's for the kingdom of God does, is not a matter of eating and drinking. Another way of saying that, it's not a matter of the regulations that you follow, your do's and don'ts or whatnot, but the kingdom of God is about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. You see, some of you this morning might really connect with the kingdom of God as power. I need power of the Lord to get out of this pit that I'm in. I need the deliverance and the freedom of God to free me from the holds of what I'm in right now. And others of you might connect with the kingdom of God is righteousness. So I can cut off this old man and pursue the Lord. The kingdom of God is peace. Some of you this morning are longing just for that place of peace, that unsettledness in your heart, that anxiety, the fearfulness, the foreboding that just doesn't seem to leave your heart. What if the kingdom of God this morning was perfect peace, a total stilling of the storm in your life? Total peace or joy. Joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. What if this morning... The kingdom of God coming into your life is a total manifestation of you can't stop smiling joy. I mean, how many, I'm not, this is rhetorical, I'm not looking for a show of hands, but how many of you could use that? Just unending joy, just pure, simple joy, like children on Christmas morning joy. Some of you don't, haven't felt that in a long time. Or how about Matthew 10, verses 7 and 8, when Jesus sent out his disciples and he told them, Proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. When God's perfect will comes in your situation, those things happen. The way God wants them. The reason it's called the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is because the way God wants it is perfectly already established in heaven. It's already there. 
What God has already established in heaven is a place of no sin, no sickness, no fear, no addictions, no anything bad. (laughs) And so the kingdom of heaven is already established. And so when Jesus came preaching the kingdom or told his disciples, go tell people the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he's saying it's available for you. You might remember Jesus' prayer in Matthew 6. He's like, this is how you should pray. This is the highest priority that you should have in your life. Hallowed be thy name. May your kingdom come. May your will, your perfect will, be done on earth as where? As it is in heaven. Jesus said, that's my whole priority. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I want this earth, I want my life to more reflect what's already been done in heaven than even what's real or true on this earth. Now imagine your life totally touched by the kingdom of God. I mean, can you even picture in your mind's eye Let's say you were caught up into heaven, changed, and then brought back down. Who would you be? What if you were totally hit with the power of God, the peace and joy of God, the healing touch of God? Can we even believe in the plans God has for our lives? So maybe now more we can appreciate Jesus' parable The kingdom of heaven is like treasure. The plans that God has for our life are like treasure. When you get a vision, a picture of who God has you to be by his word, is like treasure. Hidden in a field, which a man found. So that's the first movement. You won't find that looking around with your eyes because it's hidden. Not that it's not to be discovered. It's not hidden to be kept, but it's just hidden from this physical, natural world. You won't see the kingdom of God with your eyeballs. You won't hear it with your ears. It's not hidden because God wants to keep it from us. It's more so hidden because we've built on top of it so many layers of our fleshly, earthly thinking. It's kind of like fossils. You know, they're hard to find, not because, I guess, they're hiding from us, but because there's many layers of dirt and sediment on top of it. And so for us to truly get a picture of the plans in the kingdom of God, the plans that God has for us, we have to look beyond the things we're given in our natural senses and look to the word of God. Look to the life that God has laid out for us in the Word of God. To see ourselves the way He sees us, to see what He's provided for us, and not to look to the things that we can see. It's hidden behind those things. And the only way we can see them is through the eyes of faith. We walk not by sight, but by faith. And this man found it. He saw it. And in our context, it could be the Lord gave revelation in the Word of God to who we can be. 
to the power that God has given to us, to the life that he has planned for us. We see it. We, we found it. But you know, the next movement is not, and he grabbed it and put it in his pocket. That's called stealing. The man didn't do that. And I think a lot of us this morning are stuck there. God has given us revelation into the Word of God, into who we have been made to be in Christ. And we see it, but it's not ours, if you know what I mean. It's for us, but it's not ours yet. We see it, and it's there, and we know it's available, and we're excited by it, but we haven't laid hold of it yet. It's in our name, but it's not in our hands. I think a lot of us are stuck there. Say, God, how do I get there? Well, the next movement, I think, is the most explanatory of the parable. So man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. This man had to leave his former life. Not only physically, obviously this is a physical transaction, but it's a parable that reveals spiritual truths. Not only do you have to leave something physically, but I think more important, you have to leave something in your mind. You have to relabel what you've labeled as impossible. Oh, that's impossible. There are, there are arrangements we have to make to leave. We see where God wants us to go, but we haven't made arrangements to leave where we're currently at. I uh, just a couple weeks ago got back from a, a conference in Colorado, Woodland Park, Colorado, which if you don't know where Woodland Park, Colorado is, it's, yes, it's 8,500 feet above sea level. That's where it is. And we currently are about 800 feet. So there's another story in that. You have to walk really slow <laughs> when you're in Woodland Park. Anyway, there was this conference that I, I went to, and I've been wanting to go for a couple years. It's this, this conference I was really excited about, wanting to go for probably three or four years, wanting to go to this conference. And a couple years ago, I actually signed up to go. It's a free conference. I signed up to go because I was so excited. I want to go. Signed up for free. But maybe in my zeal, I didn't adequately make plans to leave. <laughs> when you have kids, you can't just, and a wife, you can't just up and go <laughs> to Woodland Park, Colorado. And other things with jobs and stuff. So I, I ended up not being able to go. Not because I wasn't signed up. Not because I didn't have a seat ready for me, but because I didn't adequately make arrangements to leave. So this time around, I signed up for the conference, and I made all the necessary arrangements to leave. Took time off of work, got my family situated, make sure they're okay, you know, figured out where my car was going to be parked, found a plane. Planes are really helpful when you're leaving. Found a plane, found a place to park my car, got a ticket, and all of those preparations to leave. And then 
Well, not after I got on the plane, but I also made preparations to go. When I, my plane arrived, I figured out how I was going to rent a car. And I figured out where I was going to stay and all those things. But I had to figure out both how I was going to leave and make arrangements to leave and how I was going to arrive. If I had only figured out what I was going to do after I arrived in Colorado, I would have never gone. I could have reserved a car, could have reserved an Airbnb, could have signed up for the conference. But if I don't make the same kind of effort to leave, I'll never go. And the biggest reason you're not getting on a plane today is because you haven't prepared to leave. I'm not saying you have to. The biggest reason people don't leave on planes is because they'd rather stay. (laughs) And it's the same with our walk with the Lord. As much as we search the Word and discover the plans that God has for our life, what God has for us in the kingdom of God, we often don't take the same kind of attention or effort into crafting, well then what does it mean for me to leave where I'm currently at? What does it mean to leave my identity where I'm currently at? What does it mean to leave, I guess, the community that I'm currently a part of? What does it take to leave the mindset that I've adopted here? What would it take? How would I leave? I see where I want to go, but how would I leave? How would I actually make arrangements to leave? And I think one of the most helpful verses that clarifies what it actually means to leave or to make arrangements to leave is actually in Colossians chapter 3. So you can turn over to Colossians 3, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, kind of the middle of the New Testament. And this verse explains how if you are born again, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord, you have actually been already created a new creature. You've been resurrected and raised with Christ. It's like you've, you've already registered for the conference. Like you've all, It's already been provided and available to you. And it's talking about the process of leaving the old identity and walking in the new. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, which is a big if. If you are here this morning and you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord, the good news is you can be born again. Is that you can leave the old and be born again. It's not just like recycled, but totally reborn. And so if that's you this morning, the Lord is inviting you into a new life through faith in him. So if then you have been raised with Christ, that's what that means. Here it is. Seek the things that are above. That's the going aspect. Meditate, contemplate, visualize the things that are above, the things that describe and define your new life in Christ. Let those things fill your idle thoughts. Let those things fill your mind and your heart throughout the day. Seek those things. Think about those things. Pray about those things. Fixate on those things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. That's another way of saying, think about the kingdom of God. Think about the way it is in heaven. Think about the emotional attitudes and the emotional dispositions in heaven. Think about the the physical realities in heaven. 
Think about what it's like there. Think about what God has established. Think about what God likes. Think about what God prefers and what he's able to bring about. Meditate on those things. But not only that. Verse 2, set your minds on things that are above. That's the going and here's the leaving. Not on things that are on earth. Not on things that are on earth. Not what you see happening on earth. Not what you see demonstrated in your family. Not what you see that may be true of your hereditary. Not the things that you may see in the mirror. Not the things that are on earth. See, we can get so preoccupied in thinking about things that are true of every single person on earth, regardless if you're a believer or not. We just have a way of just focusing on the here and now, what we can see, touch, taste, hear, and smell. And the, the Word says, if you were to set your mind to truly move in the direction of fulfilling or taking hold of what's yours in Christ, it takes not only a going with your mind, but also a leaving with your mind. Your mindset needs to change. You can't think of yourself in the old ways. You can't think of yourself of the things going on, or even what's possible based on what you've seen on earth. You have to get a different mindset. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died. Do you know everything that was true about you before you became born again is now dead? In God's mind... You are, everything that was you was dead. And in God's mind, in the heavenly places, you have been totally made new. Every personality quirk, every emotional disposition, everything physical is made new. For you have died and your life, your life, here it is, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Do you know the same word for hidden here is the same word for hidden in the parable. Your life, your real life, the life that God has plans for you, your life is hidden with Christ. It's not hidden because God wants to keep it from you. It's hidden because it's buried underneath all of our earthly thinking. It's buried underneath all of our fleshly conceptions of what's possible, what's real, what's not real. It's buried and God says you won't find your life unless you dig it out of all of that earthly thinking. So set your mind on what's hidden in Christ. Your life, your true life is hidden with Christ. Just like the treasure was hidden that the man found and sold what he had. For your, you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So seek those things. Seek that for me, the Jared that is at the right hand of God, seated with Christ, that's the real me. I'm going to set my mind on that, who I've been made in Christ. And what might be true down here, the rules don't apply with the kingdom of God. The same rules do not apply. I don't know all the laws. The laws of thermodynamics, the laws of Whatever science tells us about the natural realm, those rules don't apply when the kingdom of God is manifested. 
So I'm going to set my mind on the things that are true in heaven. Those laws. For they have a bearing on my life here. To give you some biblical examples of I think someone, individuals who did that, who not only went but also left, is first off the Apostle Peter. You know when Jesus was walking on the water and the disciples were in the boat on a stormy, very stormy night, about to sink their boat, very dangerous, Jesus comes walking on the water and you might know the story. Peter says, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come out to you. And Jesus says, okay, come. Okay. <laughs> and Peter goes to Jesus and leaves the boat at the same time. Do you know what Peter had to do in order to do that? He had to put aside everything he knew about water. Everything he had ever learned about water is that it doesn't hold a human being. Can you imagine the kind of compartmentalization? That used to be true. It's not anymore. Because there's Jesus. There's my life hidden with Christ. There it is. So to get out of the boat, you have to sell what you used to know to be true. And now this is true. This is now the truth in Christ. And I'm walking on the water. But then what happened? That old truth came rushing back when he saw the wind and he saw the waves. He's like, oh yeah, this is impossible. What am I doing? And he started to sink. You see, he, he left, but then he came back to the boat without getting back in the boat. He came back to the principles and the truth and the priorities of the boat without actually going back to the boat. And we do that so often in our Christian life. We say, God, I see that's what you have me do. I, I want that. And then God says, come. We say, I can't leave. I'll die out there. <laughs> or God wants you to make a move. You say, yes, that's the Lord speaking to me. Okay, then move. Not only physically, but maybe emotionally or whatever. Do this. And you think, well, I can't do that. See, we haven't left the mindset. We haven't left the meditation on things on earth. Another example is in Matthew 14 when the, the paralytic, paralyzed man, I think is lowered through the roof, and so he's paralyzed, he can't walk, and he comes for healing, and Jesus says, rise, pick up your bed and go home. Now, if you haven't left, do you know what you'd tell him? I can't walk. That's why I'm here. See, that's going without leaving. So when Jesus says, rise, pick up your bed, and go home, he picked up his bed. He stood up because he knew the principles that are happening with Jesus and the kingdom of God are not the same, are not what happens on earth. And he saw himself as someone who walks. And how often does God speak to us and we say, we can't do that. I can't do that. We haven't left who we used to be. And to actually receive, by faith, the life that is hidden with Christ. And if we don't leave the inner voice of the Spirit we will confuse as even the devil's voice. I can't do that. That's a lie. 
That's not a lie in the kingdom of God. So even more practically, this is not a hugely weighty example, but a couple of weeks ago, I think I told you about, I felt the Lord was really telling me to, to get up earlier in the morning to spend time with him. That was kind of really the only window of time. And I have always labeled myself a not morning person. I don't know what I am, but I'm not a morning person. That's all I know. And so when the encouragement came of getting up early, it, it was met with, I'm not a morning person. Now, am I not a morning person or was the old me not a morning person? And do you know what? I have, not, I have been a morning person ever since. Because that was a suitable time for me to meet with the Lord. And so the new me in Christ is a morning person. But you know, if I wouldn't have put away that old identity, that old mindset, I wouldn't have been able to receive what God was having for me. You could apply that to your own life. What do you believe about yourself and how is that actually keeping you from walking in the plans God has for you? Another example is a, is a, a lady that at a different church I was just ministering to and, and talking to and sharing the word with and, and she gave me a testimony and she said she would always walk in the mornings, that was kind of her routine, but she had really bad weak ankles. So I don't remember if she used to be a runner or she just really wanted to run, but her ankles prevented her from running. So she just contented herself with walking, and that was kind of her morning routine. Well, she heard one morning that she identified as the voice of the Holy Spirit. Again, the, the Lord speaks to his sheep, and the sheep recognize his voice. The only way to recognize his voice is to get into his word and to get into prayer. That's a habit we have to learn. But she recognized the voice of the Lord that says, told her to run on one of her morning walks. And her first thought was, I can't run because of my ankles. And she kind of offered that back to the Lord, and she said there was just silence. <laughs> and she's like, so she had a decision. Am I someone who can run in Christ, or am I not? And for her personally, again, this is a, her personal story, she decided to run. And she ran for a whole mile without her ankles giving her a problem. Now, there are things other than weak ankles that would keep me from running a mile. <laughs> but she brought back that testimony. And she said, and I did it. And I've never been able to do that in recent memory. And I said, praise God. But you see where the, where the rub would have been. I can't do that. That's not who I am. But see, when Jesus speaks into your life and his kingdom comes into your life, the same rules don't apply. You are made new in Christ, and it is not a kingdom of talk, but of power. And so I would encourage you as the band, I'll invite the band back up, that you may have a revelation of who God is making you to be, or the plans that God has for your life. But I encourage you this morning, let the Holy Spirit help you leave, and primarily leave in your mind. Leave the mindset, leave the setting your mind on things that are true on the earth, or in the earthly realm, and to let yourself believe that different rules apply when it comes to God. Different rules apply, and say, you know what, that was the old me. I believe that in Christ, this is me. And on the day that God asks me to stand, I will stand. On the day God asks me to leave that thing, I won't be hindered by, but I'm an addict. 
but I can't. That's my personality. Everything's new in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to pray, and then we will close with this worship song that build my life. What are you building your life on? The truth of God's word or the earthly truth that we have known since we were kids? So let me pray. God, Father, blessed be your name. God, you've established the way you want things in the heavenly places. And Jesus, you said that our priority is to glorify and to hallow be your name. And may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in this place, God. Lord, may we not only seek the things that are above, but not seek the things and to think about the things on earth. God, the plans that you have for our lives are so great. Your word even says, now to him who is able to do far more than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. And how does the power at work within us begin? Within us, within our hearts, within our minds. We are totally transformed from the inside out, Lord. Thank you, Father, for what you've brought to us in Christ Jesus, for this treasure, this surpassing treasure. We pursue it with all that we have. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay connected with us, visit us on our website or check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hello Freedom Church. Have a great week.